Blog Talk Radio. Archive. My name is David Fournier, one of the senior instructors here at Restoring Grace. Thank you so much for joining me. This is a brand new series we're calling Zohar for Dummies, uh, no disrespect intended. And I want to start off with a couple of real important notes as we get started here this evening. One of them is for all my Jewish friends, this is not an attempt to Christianize or to represent Judaism's take on the Zohar and on the, on the, the uh, wisdom documents, but simply an opportunity to give people an introduction into the wisdom of the Zohar and how it can work in our everyday lives. Uh, and for those of you that are Christians, we'll be talking about a little bit of hybrid, some of Judaism, some Kabbalah, some of the things that uh, some people you'd recognize Jesus has said, Apostle Paul, different people that we'll bring into the mix. So each week, we're going to pick out a couple of chapters, a couple of verses, if you please, and we're going to talk about how they apply to our life, how they how they can help us. And again, remember that the Zohar is a 23-volume, a series of books about the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, the Law of Moses, the Pentateuch, uh, however you would understand them uh, to be the Law of Moses, and so on and so on. And they're all dedicated to it. Now, some people say the book of the Zohar is a 1,000 years old. Some people say 2,000. Some people say 4,000. For our purposes on our learning series, it won't matter. What matters is that there's tremendous wisdom that can be learned. And we're going to start out with an area that we all can learn from. It's called Beware of evil speech. Beware of evil speech. We'll be reading tonight from Zohar section Davri, chapter 18, verses 85 through 87. Speech. Right now we have the Republican National Convention is happening uh, across uh, our country, and millions of people are viewing, watching that, listening to that. these people. They're listening to speeches. These are prepared segments, uh, stories and documents and things that they, the candidates want to get across these are well-recorded, well-rehearsed. But the speech we're talking about are the words that come out of your mouth, the, the voice of it. Have you ever considered that the actual expression of your voice in what you speak, maybe what you sing, that this is a combination of made of air and also moisture, water, that comes out of your mouth? Some people, a little more water than others. But it's a combination of, of air and water. How important to our existence is air and water? As we study the Zohar, as we spend these next few weeks together, we're going to find out that it makes a lot of illustrations about very practical and common things in our life that have so much more. I want to read to you verse 85 out of chapter 18 of Tadri. The Torah, therefore, proclaims, saying, Keep your tongue from evil, Psalms 34, 14. And he who guards his mouth and his tongue, look at Proverbs 21, 23. Since if his lips and tongue speak evil things, these things rise up. And when they do, everybody declares, be gone from the proximity of evil speech of so-and-so, whoever this person is that said these things, so give way to the path of the harsh serpent. Now here's a real interesting remark. It says, look, when people are around someone who is participating in evil speech, who is speaking with their tongue, evil things, 
the group around says, be gone from the proximity of uh, the evil speech of so-and-so. Get away from that person. Why? Because there's a path of a harsh serpent. Now, what's the path of a harsh serpent? Who is this serpent that it's talking about? In Kabbalah, there's an understanding that there is an above and a below. Below would be where we are, here on the earth, the, uh, the kingdom of the earth. We can touch it. It's tangible. It's like a 1% reality. It's not everything the heavens are made out of. And if you think about the size of the earth compared to the size of the galaxy, it's, it's pretty fair to reason we're about 1% of it. But there's also the above. And this is different from the Christian concept of heaven and hell, where heaven is just this extremely locked-down physical location, and hell is another extremely locked-down physical location, and these things are completely separate. The idea of the above and below in Kabbalah is the idea that here on the earth we see the activities, we touch it, we taste it, we move through it, but right above us is another spiritual realm. The Apostle Paul talked about this in the writings in the New Testament. He says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He said we're not wrestling here on the world. Our fight and our battle, <clears throat> excuse me, isn't here, <clears throat> but it's in these spiritual wickedness in high places. So up above our heads. Now I don't know if this is another atmosphere for talking thousands of miles or ten feet. I don't know, but up above our heads is this above action, and all throughout the Zohar it keeps talking over and over again that as things are strummed below, things are strummed above. As actions are taken below, actions are taken above in this kind of a, a spiritual warfare. Remember the book of Daniel, one of the angels that came to uh, that came to Daniel was, was prohibited by coming because he was wrestling with demonic forces before he finally broke free. Now in the Garden of Eden, there was a serpent. You remember him, right? And this serpent had a punishment. And his, he was condemned to do what? Go around on his belly and eat dust. Now, how, who can get nutrition from dust? Who can survive from dust? I don't think anybody can. But in that same creation story, what was man made from? He was formed out of the dust of the earth. So what does this serpent do? What does he eat? He eats men. He eats humanity. Jesus said in the New Testament Gospels, he said that a thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Now, it talks about the path of the harsh ser serpent. This serpent is Asatan. For some people, Asatan is a real, live individual. Some of them, it's a demonic force. For other people, it's consciousness. For our purposes here, we'll talk about it being a consciousness, a way people think and a way people act, how they, how they behave themselves, how they are around them. But by speaking evil things here on earth, it arouses these evil forces above, as we're going to read in our next verse, what do these evil forces come and do? Look at verse 86. When the evil speech rises through certain paths and rests before the harsh serpent, many spirits are stirred in the world, and a defiled spirit descends from the side of that serpent and finds the man who roused it through the evil speech and speaking spirits removed from him. The defiled spirit defiles him, and he basically becomes sick or becomes a leper. What this is saying is that through the sum of our, our voice, our actions, the things that we say, we are actually bringing demonic forces. We're actually bringing evil presence into our homes. We're actually inviting the participation of Asatan in our lives. Why do people say evil things? It makes them feel good because they got a group of people that are listening to it. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. People say to me all the time, they talk, I'm sure you've heard you 
I don't understand why these things are happening to me. I don't understand why these things are happening, why, why things happen like they happen. They happen because you call them into being. You call them into being by evil speech, by evil thoughts, by, by this evil speech. And what it does is in that above that we talked about, it stirs these evil forces. Just like we understand that when we do something that honors God, that pleases God, he notices that. Behold my servant Job. Blameless in all his ways. He sees that, and that stirs the activity on the, of the heavenlies. That stirs the activity of the angels. That stirs the activity of the spiritual. Then, we also have what we see happening here, which is when evil, from the side of evil, these, these spirits come down and begin to defile. They begin to, to make this person sick. These evil agents are searching for, think of this now, according to the Zohar, these evil agents are searching for the person who spoke those words. Not searching for the person who they talked about. Not talking about the hurt or the things that happened, but looking for the person that said these words. The book of Proverbs tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. I want you to think about that for a minute. You see, every time we speak, we're connecting Every time we speak. And sometimes we don't understand it. Like, for example, does anybody really understand how cell phones work? I don't know. I dial a number, and some guy is uh, 30 feet away. He's 30,000 feet away, and I can talk to him. It hits the satellite. I don't understand how it works, but then we become connected. We're connected. Do you know that when we speak, we're connected? And you can say words that build people up and that help them understand, that, that help them grow. Or you can say words that pull them down. You're either connected to these evil agents with your words or your speech, or you're connecting with the light of the Creator. I want you to really think about what I just said. Think about that for just a minute. In your life, you have options. You have choices. You and I have choices. The Zohar is telling us that by participating in evil speech, we invite evil spirits and defiling spirits into our lives. So what you're saying isn't really blowing the mind of the person that you're saying it against. They may hear you, maybe you're telling it to them in the face, maybe you're telling a lie, maybe you're doing whatever you're doing, but that evil speech brings that evil spirit down. In the same way, though, Proverbs says that life and death, life is also in the power of the tongue. Have you ever encouraged somebody? Have you ever thanked somebody? Have you ever expressed gratitude for something that someone has done? Words make connections. Words are how we connect. Sometimes I'll be teaching classes and I'll be watching the faces of the students and seeing, you know, how they're how they're handling everything. And I can see when when we're connecting, when we make a statement where everybody just kind of pulls back from it and they say, "Wow, that was that was powerful," or "I never saw that before," "I never thought of that." That kind of connection is holy. That kind of connection is sacred space. And that's when the other side of the above. There's not just an evil side in the above, but there's also a holy side. There's also messengers from God who also are participating in that, who also come and to bless that person and to help you grow. But now in verse number 87, in verse number 87, we read that silence is not an option either. Just as punishment is afflicted on a man because of evil speech, so is he punished because he could have pronounced good words but did not. For he blemished that speaking spirit, which is composed so as to speak above and speak below. Everything is in holiness. It is even more true if a nation walks the crooked path and he can talk to them and reprove them, he is silent and he does not speak. Listen to that very first line. Just as punishment 
is afflicted on a man because of evil speech, so is he punished because he could have pronounced good words but did not. Wow, that is powerful. That is powerful. I think about it in terms of my work. I'm a supervisor, and there are times where people will do things that just make me crazy. They just make me crazy. Something we've been doing very well for six months, and one person decides, ah, we don't need to do that anymore. Let's go over here, and we'll start doing this. Well, obviously, that's not helpful. And I have two responses. I can get angry and blow up on them. Oh, you're, yeah, you are. Or I can come back with good words. But the third category, so there's evil speech. Beware of evil speech because you bring evil into your own life by what you say. There's good speech, which brings the light of the Creator and connects us with God. And then there's a third one, which is no speech. Which is no speech. Standing by and allowing evil speech to happen is measured against you as if you had said it. I want you to think of gossip and evil speech. I want you to think of these things as, uh, how would you say, like an airplane that needs a place to land. And if all of us together can close our landing strips and not allow people to land there, they'll have no place to land. Eventually they run out of fuel and they crash. Today's Christian landscape is very confused. It speaks out against what it doesn't believe in or what it thinks that God doesn't like. But Jesus implored his followers to give a voice to the people who have no voice. Jesus implored his followers to give a voice to the people that have no voice, the disenfranchised, the poor, the widows. Our speech, according to the Zohar, bursts spiritual action. It can bring judgment, or it can bring mercy. It can bring life, or it can cause death. But you operate your mouth and your words out of an Asatan consciousness, which means hateful speech, evil speech, gossip, tearing people down, or a Messiah consciousness, where you're looking at the world in the same way that Jesus saw the world himself. It's your choice. An Asatan consciousness of hate, bitterness, or a Messiah consciousness reflecting the words of the Gospels and the love that Jesus had for all of humanity. My name is David Fournier, one of the instructors here at Restoring Grace. I want to thank you so much for coming out and joining me. Don't forget, a one week from today, lesson number two in our series on Zohar for Dummies. Mm-hmm.